Genre. Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. Today we'll be discussing The Twin Dilemma, which is the sixth doctor, played by the um, the very pleasant and very beloved Colin Baker's very first story. <laughs> yeah. Um although neither of those descriptors are usually true. Um Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> uh so uh before we get into part 1, um first of all, The Twin Dilemma written by Anthony Stephen, directed by Peter Moffat. This is the season finale of season 21. Interesting. Um, I I I read it after the fact and I'm like, what an interesting finale. Yeah, yeah. That for some reason they decided to uh, have the the regeneration story happen as the penultimate episode, and mm-hmm. have the first story of the Sixth Doctor as the finale. So, give me the um, backstage drama, Scott. What what was the situation um, in, in between uh, Peter Davidson and um, and Colin Baker? Well, basically, uh, Peter Davidson. Um, after doing the five doctors special, uh, talked to Patrick Troughton and Patrick Troughton was like, Hey buddy, look, I know you like this, but three years and then get the hell out of there because you don't want to do this for longer than three years. That's crazy. Notice who's missing here today. Yeah. The guy who did it for longer than three years. Don't do it longer than than three years. So, so Davison decided that his third season was going to be his last and then left. And uh, John Nathan Turner, John Nathan Turner and Colin Baker had mutual friends. And so Colin Baker and John Nathan Turner were at a party together and John Nathan Turner was like – he was very smitten with Colin Baker. Mm-hmm. And was like, let's get this guy to play the doctor. And uh, Colin Baker kept it to himself that he had actually yeah. just been in the show uh, <laughs> because he was uh, like a soldier guy in like uh, like a season ago or a season and a half ago. And the grand tradition of uh, the BBC only having five actors at a time. Right. Yeah. So then uh, he came on and their plan – with Colin Baker to do something different with him was that they were going to make him very unlikable and very alien. And then over the course of his tenure as the doctor, uh, allow him to grow as a character. And then just when you actually start loving the guy, then that's when he would regenerate. That was the plan. It did not go over well. Uh, so (laughs) the plan was abandoned completely. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's why he's uh, the way he is in this story. And, you know, God bless Colin Baker. He went with it. 
He's the first doctor to be a fan of Doctor Who playing the doctor. Um, he had said like multiple times in interviews among like when he was announced that uh, he wanted to be the longest running doctor ever. He wanted to beat Tom Baker's record because he loves the show and he loves the character and he can't, he couldn't ever imagine himself not want to do this. Mm. Um, that didn't work out uh, <laughs> so well for him, um, unfortunately. And, uh, but you know, we'll get through that over time, but you can see the seeds of it being planted. They made decisions with his character in this story that has, uh, affected him forever. Cause, cause here's the thing (laughs) here, here's, here's the thing. Um, this story, when, when Dr. Who fans make their like, you know, top 200 stories or whatever, invariably the twin dilemma and the next story we're going to cover, uh, time in the Ronnie, those two tend to be neck and neck for bottom of the list. Like what? very like dead bottom. Whoa, um, really? Yeah. Like the very worst stories that this show has ever done. But I'll be honest, watching twin dilemma this time, it's not a great story, but worst story ever, I think is a bit of a stretch. And I think that the reason people think that, is just because of their distaste for Colin Baker as the doctor, which is really unfortunate because as we'll get to, once we get through his television appearances, as we'll get to in his audio stuff, Colin Baker is a phenomenal doctor. Yes. Um, But he just doesn't, he just didn't get to do what he wanted to do with the character uh, in the television show, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, Twin Dilemma, uh, one of the worst episodes, according to most Doctor Who fans, classic Who fans, I guess. Um, I don't know. Uh, We'll talk about it because I really don't think this story is that bad. I don't think it's that good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's that good, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's that bad. Um, Not as bad as a lot of others. There's there's some Tom Baker ones that are way worse than this. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I really think people get distracted by how much they don't like Colin Baker in the role um, and how like weird and angry and off putting he is in this story. Uh, and I think that that paints an unfortunate picture for the story, which I don't think is that bad. Plus, it comes on the heels of the case of Ayan Trezani, which is the best classic who story of all time oh yeah definitely so it's just it's like a one-two punch of just like it, i mean it's it's uh it's whiplash is what it is mm-hmm. i wish yeah right not the movie because <laughs> that would be great but it's actual whiplash which is yeah. terrible um Although Miles all right Teller would also be a really unpleasant unlikable doctor <laughs> he probably would be yes um so let's talk about uh, the Twin Dilemma, let's start with part one, which begins with uh, twins, uh, twins. Gin- ginger, ginger, ginger twins. They look like the twins in this who are named Romulus and Remus for but. reasons. Um, they they look like a crossbreed between uh, the Weasley twins and the, the creepy little girl twins from The Shining. <laughs> I was going to say they look like two 
like adolescent versions of David from AI artificial intelligence. <laughs> a little bit that too, yeah. But with I threw a little bit of that in there too. But like with the like speech pattern of do you guys remember the Mike Myers SNL character Simon? No. Well you know my name is Simon and I love to do draw rings. He was like this little <laughs> British kid that was just in the bathtub and he would just be drawing stuff on crayons and he was like a cheeky little like cockney boy but it was mike myers and that's what these guys <laughs> reminded me of i just want to say this up front uh, this was the greatest thing i'd ever seen in, in my whole life um <laughs> all four parts of these um oh okay I, well let's well, we'll get well, well, well hold on hold on let's start talking about it until we are actually talking about I know, it i was just really surprised to hear that this is known as one of the worst episodes of the show ever. Yeah, yeah. Not just one of. I mean, it's like literally by by most people is considered the worst episode of the show. Yeah, ever. like 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 to, to say that for people to say that this is like the stranger in a strange land of Doctor Who flabbergasts me. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It, I, I mean, I really, I do think it's weird that, that yeah, this, and like, but but I do find I find that a lot of the stories, uh, next week's episode notwithstanding, a lot of the stories <laughs> that are considered really terrible, I don't tend to really agree with. Like yeah. I said, next week's episode notwithstanding. Yeah. See, like, yeah, because like if someone <laughs> of the six adventures we've been on so far, like if you told me like, hey, which one do you want to watch right now? I would either say Robot or Twin Dilemma. <laughs> like Castro Valva? Like, no, no, thank you. But like this, yeah. this, this is, this was so, this was just, just a miracle. Miracle after miracle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we open on uh, on the twins and they're playing uh, like TP chess or something. I don't know yeah. what it is. Um, and they're just like moving these little, yeah. these little triangle. And, and to paint a, and to paint a picture, the these are already from the, from the bucket. Like from the first buzzer, these are deeply unsettling children. Yes, <laughs> very deep. They are too um, old to be acting the way that they are, but mm-hmm. they're still children. It was just, it was, it was, it was. I couldn't. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they said they're playing this this TP chess, and they, their dad comes in, and the dad's just like, <laughs> well, they they go to their dad. They're like, we're bored, so instead of playing this game, we're gonna do maths. And he's like, oh no. Oh no! You can't do math. When you do math, bad stuff happens. You can't do math. Like, don't do math. Like mother, this is the worst. Please don't do this. Don't do this. Um, and they're like, mm, you know what, Dad? We're gonna do what we want. And he's like, I can't stop you. You're creepy twins. Um, Precog looking like. So he heads off to he heads off to work, and then we go back to. We go back to uh, the doctor who is newly regenerated into Colin Baker. Much to no one's delight. Yeah, and he's he's walking around very smug because he's very into his new body. Yeah, um, sort of the uh, in, a, in a departure for every doctor that I've seen so far. You know, he he's very proud of his, which is weird because you know Peter Davidson was like a Disney prince. Hmm. Like, well, fine. and he he talks about his distaste for his previous, mm-hmm. uh, his, his previous persona. So, yeah, so not only um, is he praising his looks, but he's like he's like shitting on the last doctor's like appearance. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and so he's walking around real smug and Perry's just like, no, you're, you're, you're actually really ugly and <laughs> kind of fat and it's, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, oh, I mean, look, look, I, I don't want to do this, but here's a mirror. And then he's looking at the mirror. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think I look fantastic. And she's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and then he he struts off. I love the beat, too, where he's looking at himself in the mirror. And then he turns the mirror toward Perry to say, I mean, will you look at this? And it's like, <laughs> that's not how mirrors work. Right. <laughs> um, and so uh, he struts off toward the costume room. And he walks into the costume room. And then just starts freaking out. And then we realize like, oh, okay, so this isn't this isn't going to be as great of a regeneration as we thought it was going to be. Not not so smooth as it turns out. Um, so he starts freaking out, speaking gibberish and uh, and and falling over. And then we go back to the twins and now they're sitting in their math chairs um, and they're doing math back to back. Uh, like bros do with bros. Exactly. <laughs> and on the uh, on the boards, on their little monitors, uh, they're making what looks like shapes from Space Invaders. Um, but for some reason, this is uh, math of some kind. Space math, we'll call it. Uh, so they're doing space math. And uh, that's all that's happening. Like they, we literally cut to them doing space math and then we cut out. And yeah. the doctor's totes fine again, and is uh, I mean, picking the, out. You a get coat. the feeling just from the the few minutes that we've known the twins that like they they're they're cape, they're probably one of one or they they maybe have like the antichrist inside of them. Like the <laughs> of them. <laughs> or they each have one half of the antichrist. The antichrist. They're both horcruxes for the antichrist. <laughs> um, so so the doctor's totes fine again. He's picking out a coat. And uh, he puts he, he picks up a, a furry one, and Perry Perry laughs at that one, and he's just like, ah, no, just kidding, I, I would never wear this. Um, and then he puts on a velvet one that's kind of third doctory, uh, and then he's uh, he's into it for a second, and then not into it, and then he finds the coat that he wants. Um, and then we cut back to the twins again in their math chairs, and then out of nowhere, some old guy named Edgeworth teleports in. And we mean out of nowhere. I mean literally out of nowhere. And it, it, uh, it, it scared me when he like yeah. first spoke. I was like, well, there wasn't even like an edit. What the Yeah. So the so the so Edgeworth is in there and he's just like, Oh man, you guys, wow, so good at math. Like, I mean, I know math, but I don't I mean I don't I this is beyond me. This is such Are good math. You guys. Yeah, you guys, you guys, math. Such good at math. And then They're like, um, you're not, I don't know who you are and you're probably not supposed to be here. And he's like, oh, you know what? You're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, nice meeting you. Uh, Remus shakes his hand. Nice meeting you. Romulus shakes his hand and he places these little circles on their wrists and suddenly they're like, they, they like lose their, their memory. They're like selective amnesia bracelets or something. That's (laughs) because as you know, we everyone stores their memories in wrists. That's yeah. so. This that old works. man essentially breaks into this these little boys' rooms and drugs them so they can give selective amnesia, and then takes them away to his 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 space building. 
<laughs> yeah. It's uh it's a little dark. It's a little dark. Um so he takes them away. They all all three of them teleport away. And then uh the doctor is dressed up in his outfit and he adds the little cat cat brooch that he uh you got to have the little kitty cat brooch and uh, Perry is not remotely impressed with the doctor's outfit. Uh, but the doctor is like, whatever, I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> Just deal with it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Wait till um, you see his shoes. Yeah. He's really into his outfit. Uh, and honestly, let's talk about the doctor's outfit because there's a thing. Okay. So one of the things that they wanted to do with the sixth doctor what what John Nathan Turner wanted to do specifically was just the, was f him doctor. up. Well, no, he they, he wanted to make him an alien, and so you know we get the line in the fourth episode. We'll talk about that later, but that was really supposed to set up the whole theme of the sixth Doctor, which is he was going to be more alien than any other Doctor, and so his thought was, well, if he's alien, he wouldn't know what looks good, and after the fifth Doctor just being the classiest of all Doctors. I mean, until the eighth doctor, of course, who is the classiest of all doctors. Um, Hello. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the fifth doctor, you know, he was he was wearing like a, you know, a nice outfit, an outfit that no one would be embarrassed of wearing. You mm-hmm. know, um, the only exception being perhaps the question marks on the on the collars. Sort of ten uh, style. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's very he's got a very, you know, low key outfit. And then and so to make him alien – He's like, just design me the ugliest thing you can imagine. Um, and this is what the costume designer came up with. However, I will say, one, I think for the most part it works because there's something that I like about the doctor's outfit being so ridiculously colorful compared to the stories that he's in, which are primarily very, very, very dark. Um, there's a scene later in this story where he's standing with, with, uh, you know, like in the, like the little courtyard with the, with the King guy and he pops, you know, like, as opposed to like everyone else who's like brown and black and gray, he's like this burst of color in the middle of the room. And so I kind of like that aesthetically personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it sort of I'm kind makes of, his verbal and uh, verbal and like physical abuse of uh, of Perry <laughs> more jarring because he's he, he's dressed like a like a children's imaginary like a friend. clown yeah like a clown yeah like a children's imaginary <laughs> friend yeah um yeah so so I don't know I I don't mind his outfit I know a lot of people don't like it but I yeah, I don't know I don't I think mean I've seen guys at Burning Man dress weirder than that <laughs> fair um. So, uh, but I do have their reasoning behind why he's dressed like that does kind of fall apart later in the story, but we'll get, we'll get there. Um, so (laughs) I forgot about that. So, 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 uh, Perry's not impressed. And then we go back to Edgeworth and he's, he's taking the twins on the spacecraft. And then Mm -hmm. we meet on the spacecraft, we meet, uh, the owl demons that are in the rest of the story. (laughs) Oh, is that, uh, I was calling them gorilla eagles. Okay, gorilla I called eagles? them owl demons because they're because the feathers. Yeah, the feathers um, made me. They look like more yeah. like eagle feathers to me. I also called them hawk trolls. I, I watched this <laughs> one with my roommate. So there, he, and he made some really good observations that we'll get into later on. All right. 
So, uh, so yeah, so the owl demons are there and, uh, uh, Edgeworth is like, Hey, go, go and go take, go. He takes the twins off into this other room so that they can go do math stuff, I guess. Sure. And, uh, right. And, uh, and then he speaks to, uh, this guy called Mestor who is, uh, Edgeworth's master and he's like, do you have the twins? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Good. The and twins. then he, and then he disappears. And the guy, the, he's like hearing him in his mind. And you're yeah. like, all right, whatever. Um, you don't get a good look at the guy because he's, he's like, like trans, a, like transposed weird... over Edgeworth. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, and then we go to the con- back to the console room, and uh, Perry comes in, and she's changed her clothes, and she's like, now this is how you dress. And I'm just like, Perry, you're not wearing an outfit that is any less ugly Aww. than what the doctor's wearing. It was the like, 80s, God. Oh, it's a hideous outfit. Oh, but she's um, adorable. But, but, but oh. On the subject of Perry, um, what, um, why, 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 why make her American if that's not her natural accent? <laughs> well, one, because uh, they made her American – because John Ethan Turner was hoping to, and he tried this a lot. Sure. He would bring in foreign companions to sort of like, um, hopefully win over audiences in another country. He did that with with Tegan to win over Australia, mm-hmm. and he did, he's done it now. He's doing it with Perry to win over America. Sure. Um, but then the reason that it's not just an American actress is because at the time the BBC had rules against hiring non-british actors right no man that all that all that all makes total sense yep that's the worst um, american accent i've ever i've ever seen in a film or television show. it's really it's really dreadful yeah uh, it's really, yeah it's really dreadful uh so 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 the doctor makes fun of perry's outfit um because you know he's very small now um and uh and and he he attacks. Is this? Did he already attack Perry, or did that happen after? Before it happens this? in part two, I believe. No, no, it no, happens, no. Um, after this. After the okay, so he yeah. yeah, so he attacks her at this point. Well, he tries um, to like, strangle her. Yeah, he tries to strangle her because he thinks that she's a spy or something, and then tries to strangle her, and then snaps out of it, and she's like, "You tried to kill me," and he's like, "That's ridiculous. I would never do that." And she's like, "No, seriously, you totally did." And he was like, oh, well, then I need to uh, isolate myself on Titan 3 and become a hermit. And she's like, I don't – that seems like a me. weird logic jump. Yeah. But all right. You're my disciple um, now. Meanwhile, uh, Mestor is telling uh, Edgeworth that he has to take uh, these uh, – he's got to take these twins to Titan 3 as well. Um, to go do stuff on Titan three. So as you can see, our stories are beginning to converge. Um, the, uh, you can see the, the narratives weave together. Yeah. The owl demons from Zubilee zoo are, uh, <laughs> are, 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 uh, are, are, I guess part of, uh, part of the, uh, the, you, you, it seems that like they seem to be part of Mestor's, um, species, but no, then we'll learn but, later that, that they're not. Yeah. No, that goes right out the window. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know who they kind of remind me of? They kind of remind me of Dan Harmon's character in uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. That eagle guy? I forget his name. Hawk, Hawk Man. Hawk <laughs> Man? Yeah, I forget. Rick. I forget what it is. 
Um, what well, beloved so, uh, means I am very sad. <laughs> so the dad of the twins comes home from work, sees that the twins are gone. He calls up the authorities and he's like, my, tw- my, my, my twins are missing. And they're like, oh, no, they know how to do math. And he's like, I know, right? <laughs> and so they're like, OK, we'll look for them. And uh, the authorities find the ship, fi- find a ship. And they're like, OK, maybe the twins are on this ship. And then they they uh, try to talk to the ship and then the ship warps away. But twist that kind of ship isn't supposed to have warp engines. Uh, Do you know how much that matters to this story? Not even remotely. Um, <laughs> but they do make sure that they mention it for some reason. Twice. <laughs> like twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> so so Dr. and Perry arrive on Titan 3. Something crashes. Uh, and they're like, okay, we should go check that out. Um, and then we meet uh, Mester, who's like a caterpillar owl. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and and he's really creepy. He's um, amazing. He's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he's he's like if a gremlin tried to eat the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, because he's he still has like he's got like feather on his head, feathers on his head, fur all over his body, but then he's also covered in slime, so it's all, like, matted down. It's disgusting. And it's clearly an actor wearing, like, uh, like a mask that covers most of his face, but you can just see the movement of his chin. Yeah. And the, and the, the owl mask, I mean, it's just, it's an owl mask. Like, it's not even... I, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I, I, it's it's wonderful, um, and I love that his name is Mester because he's their master. I just <laughs> yeah. like there's just there's like just no thought process going into any of this, and I love it so much. It's like a real free form kind of like I if I was told that they thought of this story as it went along, I would not remotely be surprised. Yeah, um, it's like a jazz solo of an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, like so Dr. And Perry, uh, Dr. And Perry are going to check out the wreckage and they find, uh, Lang, who is part of whatever the authorities were that were looking for the twins earlier. And so they bring him into the TARDIS and then Lang wakes up ready to kill. Uh, and that's how this, this, that's how part one ends. Uh, he's ready to kill the doctor. And the doctor gives like a bitch, like, don't. That's yeah. The point yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. I'm Colin Baker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he thinks the doctor is the guy who made him crash and probably stole the twins and yada, yada. So he's ready to kill him with his hot glue gun. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad spray I, painted black. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I watched this episode before seeing midnight special. Mm. All right. Um, so yeah, that's part one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, this uh, very quickly begins a uh, uh, an ongoing plot device in Colin Baker's run, in which Colin, in which the Doctor and Perry are completely separated from the rest of the story, and then in like the first half, and then join the story in the second half, and it's really strange. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird. It's a strange structure that I I don't I don't understand. It's like it's like the creator of the show. Who who is the showrunner at this point? Um, the script editor. I think it's still Sayward. Is it still Sayward? 
All right. Well, I don't know. I can look it up. I, yeah. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's still say word. So say word. He just. He started doing this thing where he was not interested in the doctor as much. And Sayward, Sayward, like, he didn't like any of the people that played the doctor under his <laughs> tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, he hated Peter Davison and he hated Colin Baker so much more. And so there was a thought that the reason that he didn't uh, put Colin Baker in his own stories very much was because he just couldn't stand him. So he was more interested in exploring whatever alien world they would be getting into uh, way more so than whatever the doctor was doing. Um, So first parts with Colin Baker tend to almost like entirely take place on the TARDIS, which is weird. Yeah. And then they're bickering. Yeah. And lots of bickering. I, I felt, I felt like really, for this person, I'll get into how I felt in, in the later parts, but at, at this point in the story, you just feel really, like, uncomfortably worried about Perry. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, you, this poor girl, like, this weird, creepy guy is, like, berating her and, like, attacking her and then denying it and then, like, talking about how, like, high he is and making him feel, making her feel low and, like, weak. Mm-hmm. And it was just really uncomfortable. And like, I, 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 I really don't want to berate. I, I don't want to criticize for trying something new because I think it is sort of a really ballsy, interesting thing to do with the doctor. But like, mm-hmm. that's what I was feeling at this time. He's kind of like the worst parts of Eleven. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like the worst parts of 11 mixed with, uh, a a lot of like early 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just, just like really smug, but then also kind of angry and alienating, alienating. Yeah. It's like, uh, Um, cause Matt Smith, you know, the 11 could have an ego and he could be a little bit of like, you know, uh, like a, like a diva, but the, the, you know, Matt Smith brought such a vulnerability and like card, you know, like a lovable inspector gadgety thing to it that you, you, you laughed at it instead of like, uh, you know, like Matt Smith could be like, I actually think I'm very handsome. And, you know, Amy Pond can roll her eyes, but it's like fun. Mm-hmm. But in here, it's just like, yeah, like you, you feel like <laughs> she's like this, the poor, like granddaughter that's like, trapped and can't escape from the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. And she just wants it's, her like cute boyfriend Peter Davidson back, you know? Or not yeah. even like, or not even her cute boyfriend, but like her dad slash like English professor, you know? Well uh, we'll get into her well, relationship with Peter Davidson yeah. because yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a really uh bold and interesting choice what they end up doing with Perry and and, and five. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll get there. Um 2019. Yeah. But but I I think that it's interesting seeing what they're trying to accomplish here because what what's really fascinating and you know we're not going to get to Ace for a while um but I find it really interesting that with 12 in two seasons basically uh Moffat really just took what they were planning to do with six and what they were planning to do with ace and then combined them into two 
like two seasons of a show and made it and made it work. Mm-hmm. You know, almost kind of like when you remake an interesting but flawed movie, right? Because the plan with Ace and it's not something that ever actually happens because the show got canceled before they could do it. But the plan was to make her the first human Time Lord, um, and that's kind of what they did with that's kind of what Moffat did with Clara, right? Uh, yeah. So so and then and then making the doctor like somewhat like grumpy and and arguably unlikable uh and then grow make growing him and making him lovable uh is something that that's what he did um with 12. So it's uh it's interesting that mm-hmm. he basically just took those ideas and then improved on them. Yeah. But you know, he probably wouldn't have been able to do that as well had he not seen what didn't work here. Sure. Um, so, and anyway, you know, the, the, uh, the show was a different thing at that point. Like they had, it was an hour long as opposed to four 20 minute episodes and seasons, right. you know, like I, right. I, I feel like the more I hear about the Colin Baker era, it seems like just all of the cards were stacked against them. Yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. Um, <laughs> so Cass, tell us about part two. Okay. Um, so Gun Guy, I've, I've been calling him Gun Guy in my notes, I've been but Lang, um, <laughs> he, uh, passes out again. Um, that's, and, that's how they resolve the cliffhanger. Guys. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. And then he's like, this really no. awkward wide shot of everyone just like standing there after like, yeah. I will shoot you doctor. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> okay, um, I won't. Yeah. So they bicker more and I... Like, hate, I hate when the companion and the doctor bicker. Like, banter is fine, but, like, it's well, just straight-up bickering. And, and and you're, well, but this one, I feel like the doctor's kind, the doctor kind of has a point here. Because this guy, Lang, was going to kill the doctor. And then he passes out, and Perry's just like, oh, this poor man. And the doctor's like, poor man, he was going to kill me. And he's <laughs> like, and she's like, he's, it's not his fault. Just think about all the things that he probably went through. You know, he's not in his right mind. And then meanwhile, I'm just like, Perry, you're literally talking to a guy that did exactly the same thing to you, and right. you felt nothing. <laughs> like, you, you didn't, you felt like, you know, you did not feel sorry for him. And I, I've just, I, you know, the doctor kind of has a point at this point. Now there's plenty of bickering later on that, that is just bickering for the sake of bickering. Yeah. But I feel like in this particular en- instance, I'm kind of on the doctor's side because it's like, <laughs> Hey man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think All secretly right. Perry's just like, let's just do this. Let's just scrap this one. You know, this one's broken. <laughs> Let's just try again. She, she like picks like, up the gun. She's like, it'll only hurt for a second. It'll be fine. Oh It'll my be fine, God. right? You don't care, right? We'll get another one. And just someone better? It'll be it'll be good. Radagast the Brown. He's coming. Let's, <laughs> let's take care of this. Come on. I let birds poop on my head. <laughs> oh, I've man. been high since 1973. <laughs> So the uh, the owl demons or like the metallic feather guys, they um, are checking out their ship because they got caught in the same ray that brought down all the other ships. Um, so they're in like this bunker on the asteroid and they're checking out their ship and they're like, oh, we got to make it better so we can go home. Um, and the brain twins are doing <laughs> math by hand yeah. as punishment. I 
They're like, <laughs> we need screens. The darn millennials with their screens. screens. They need My screens. My hand hurts. Yeah. <laughs> what are we? And literally, Edgeworth is like, Edgeworth treats them like, uh, like uh, Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore, where he's just like, "Oh yeah, like the grandma." <laughs> you can bother me for a cold glass of shut the hell up. Yeah, but the you can go to my belt, or I will put you to sleep. You're so, in my world now, Grandma. They're like writing on these like glass tablets with like dry erase markers and like making the weird square pieces. I really um, want them to be named like Hank and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, they're Romulus and Remus. I know. Again, for reasons I don't yeah, know. I don't because that's don't what know. every every sci fi fantasy thing has like Roman god stuff at some point, like Star yeah. Trek, Harry Pop Pop, um, <laughs> which is how he wants to be called now. <laughs> he, made a, um, he, made a, he made a he made an announcement. <laughs> So uh, the old guy that kidnapped the brain twins, he kind of like tells them a little bit about the evil space bugs plan. Um, And then the space bugs like, you guys better do your math or I'm going to steal your brain or whatever. (laughs) I don't know what's happening in this story. Um, um, And so back in the TARDIS, the doctor like uses some Star Trek tech and he like, like patches the guy up. Um, sure. Lance, and then right? he's like, yeah, Lang, Lang, Lang. Um, oh, and then Lance. he's like, he's like, oh, my evil senses are tingling. Something's afoot here. Um, and I think it's really funny because Perry in the previous episode was wearing like heels and now she's in boots. And I'm like, what, what, when did she have time to change? The doctor was just doing surgery. Um, so <laughs> the doctor, like, that. yeah. <laughs> The doctor like opens the viewport in the TARDIS and looks out on the landscape and he's like, what's that? And Perry's like, oh, it's a bump. And he's like, that's not a bump. That's a thing we need to check out. Um, and that's the plot. Cut- yeah. <laughs> well, and he also he also during this whole process, like he's putting together facts and jumping to conclusions that are all correct. But his logic jumps to get there are YouTube conspiracy video level. Oh yeah, like yeah, Darth no. Jar Jar, like like it doesn't <laughs> Slenderman. Yeah, he said yeah, kids. He's a very, that means he's that a very, has like, kids in it, Maxwell's and they've been kidnapped, and they're holding gadget. them hostage. And it's like, wait, what? What? I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong. I, good for you, the lucky guest. But God, what? Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you jumping to this conclusion? It's insane. Well, he is the doctor. Um. So the brain twins have finished their math punishment and the old guy's like, okay, I'm going to upload this to wherever. And they're just like, oh, it's so powerful. And he's just like, yeah, I know. Math is awesome. Um, (laughs) And the doctor and Perry are out on the surface of the asteroid and they break into the bunker through like a service thing. Perry's literally complaining. Like she's like, I'm tired. And she's 50 feet away from the TARDIS. (laughs) They've walked 50 feet, and she's like, I'm so tired. I never know why like, they have the companions in heels, and they're running around in, like, a, a desert. Like, I know why. That's, that's not practical. Um, I forget. <laughs> whatever, the 80s. Um, well, okay, question. Yeah. It, I Obviously, I've never worn heels. However, <laughs> um, are, are these boots heels? They have yes. heels, right? Okay. so They're boots with a heel. 
Would yeah. it be at all helpful to have a heel that you could dig into a surface when you're climbing up a hill? You um, know, like like a like a cleat. You know, like a cleat. Yeah, but it's situation. like. Not on the front, it's in the back. So if you dug in, you'd just fall over. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Because <laughs> cleats. I was I was trying to help. Because <laughs> like cleats or mountain boots have the or like you know like soccer cleats. Those those little spikes are all around the shoe. Right. Right. Um, it's not just one giant one in the back that. So now that we're talking about about companion <laughs> shoes, which is now that we're talking about companion shoes, which I've kind of been waiting for this entire time. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to see if I remember this right. I feel like Amy wore, like, cute, like, little boots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little, little ankle, like, little ankle yeah. boots. Because right? she needed to show as much of her leg as as, as physically possible. Right. Um, <laughs> well, as as was censorably possible. <laughs> yes, on the BBC. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I'm just picturing the poor, the poor man in charge of, like, like decency at the BBC. It's like, what are these? I, I just imagine. I mean, like pops. her her skirts were so short that I feel like if they went up even an inch, we would just be seeing her underwear. They like, were iconically I'm, short. They were ridiculous. Uh, so um, I feel like I've, I remember. Did did um did Rose wear boots? Did Rose just wear like boots or like sneakers? I, I think she just wore sneakers. sneakers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then I feel like Donna probably wore the most like adult shoes you know what i mean yeah i think she wore flats a lot mm-hmm. yeah like slip on flats yeah martha wore boots mm-hmm. i think i don't uh, remember and i feel like clara wore just like flats or whatever yeah clara yeah clara was usually dressed up like a little oh, a child's doll that's <laughs> that's not that the on that. style <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity not turning her into a doll in an episode at some point because oh my gosh can you imagine twelve turning into like a muppet <laughs> that would be fantastic well, um also they leave laying in the TARDIS is that a good idea they Probably sure do not. oh yeah they like he's like yeah hide his gun and she was like okay and so she like hides <laughs> the battery pack or whatever to fire his laser gun in the wardrobe room which is important later. Yeah. Um, so they break into the bunker and then the doctor's like, oh, maybe this was a terrible idea. Why would you let me do this? And she's like, what? You you said we had to go look at stuff. And he's just like, yeah, but I'm crazy right now. Um, <laughs> so basically, and then the uh, metallic feather dudes show up and surround them. And the doctor like hides behind Perry, like comically like, no, don't shoot mercy. Mm-hmm. Um and the uh, the little owl demon dudes they uh, they bring the doctor and Perry to the old guy um, who is in going into this pod and it looks like a like a like a tractor beam almost but then he turns all sparkly and like his circulatory system is the only thing you see and I'm like this is this is uncomfortable. Um, well, okay, you should say you're you're saying that and it sounds way cooler than what it actually is. <laughs> Edgeworth goes into this machine, <laughs> hoses, and then it it fades into a painting of a of a stick figure with a circulatory <laughs> system. Yes, with 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 some like flashy lights in there, and not even not even a detailed 
picture of a circulatory system. Oh no, it's like third grade anatomy. Like this yeah. is your heart. Yeah, I'm, right. Yeah, I'm, and I'm it's talking got, hip bone connected like to some, the like shoulder bone. Yeah. Right, and it's got some like fiber optics like going on. Uh, <laughs> I, it's wow. And I don't, I don't, whatever. Anyway, yes, go ahead. Um, so yeah, the doctor talks to the old guy and he's like, oh, hey, don't I know you? And apparently the old guy's a time lord that we've never heard anything about previously so, up to this point. <laughs> I remember him being a time lord from the last time that I've seen this, but yeah. I don't remember them saying he was a time lord until part four. Or even then they don't say it. It's just assumed because of what happens in part four. But I don't remember them specifically saying he was a Time Lord. Mm-hmm. It, the way that they talked, it seemed like he was just some guy that the fourth doctor met on some adventure at some point. Yeah. Like he was like, oh, my old pal Lando. Like just yeah. someone, someone no, from the past. No, don't they actually – doesn't he like, oh, yeah, you're a Time Lord, silly. In this one or is that later? They do say that he's a Time Lord in this one. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. They do? Okay, I must have yeah. missed that. I yeah. Um, so he's like, yeah, this guy's with us. It's fine. Because there's a whole um, deal at the end where... Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I know about the end. I, I, I said I knew about the end. Right. I'm saying I don't remember them no, specifically I, I stating that he was a Time Lord. Um, right. I'm pretty sure that they just say he's a Time Lord straight up. This is my friend, the Time Lord. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, But... So Lang wakes up in the TARDIS and he grabs his gun and he starts – he's like, oh, they took my battery. So he like <laughs> starts wandering around. Um, and the doctor and um, the old guy in the bunker are chatting still and the metallic feather captain goes into the hall and he's all suspicious and he turns on this blinking light and it, it looks very ominous. Um and then we cut back to Lang, who has magically found the wardrobe room, which I don't know how, because the TARDIS is supposed to be like this labyrinth or whatever. Um, so he randomly starts undressing and picks a new outfit. Sure. Um, and he becomes he picks, a mime. Yeah, he like picks the the most like gaudy 80s thing I've but, ever seen. And this is what I'm talking about. So like... <laughs> If the sixth doctor is supposed to be an alien and dresses like that because he's an alien and this is what he thinks looks good, what the hell is Lang's excuse? Because I know. guys, let me let me try to explain what this thing is. Because it looks like tinfoil. It is it is a karate gi <laughs> made of multicolored, like rainbow colored tinfoil. <laughs> this is what my Thea used to wear to work back when she worked at Sears in like the early 90s. This is it is the most hideous thing and it's got sleeves that are like poofy enough like I, I, I to be like a I don't know it's it's horrible I mean it is just <laughs> for for as much crap as as people give the six doctors outfit it it, it has nothing on what Lang picks out oh yeah and is wearing it is God awful. Is this his jacket for the rest of like the time he's on the show? He's not on the show anymore. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll okay. we'll get we'll get there in part part four, I guess. I mean you watched it. You should remember this, but <laughs> I guess I just so I guess I and, and I guess in my heart I was like, well he's he will show up again. I really like Lane. 
It seems like they're setting him up as a companion for sure. But that yeah. happens like multiple times throughout these next two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of them like trying out companions and then just being like, ah, maybe not. Um, and only only picking a new one when the previous one is ready to leave. So. Um, so the uh, the older Time Lord is like, hey, so it was nice catching up, but I got to run. So we're going to lock you in here. And there's like 1,000 million combinations to the lock, but you'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, so they teleport out and they leave Perry and the doctor locked in the bunker. Um, and Perry like is wandering around and she's like, hey, doctor, I don't like the look of this blinking light. And he's just like, well, I don't either. It's a self-destruct button. We're going to figure our way out of here. Um so he rigs this sparkle pod somehow into a time machine teleport thing. Um, mm. Sends Perry back to the TARDIS like 10 seconds ago. Um, and then he's like, oh, I need your watch because I need to figure out the time differential and blah, 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 blah. Um, so she gives him his watch or her watch before she leaves. And then he sends her into the TARDIS. But then he's like, oh, the watch stopped. Darn Earth girl. Um, <laughs> stupid, so, stupid lady. Yeah, so she shows up in the TARDIS, um, and Lang's just like pointing a gun to her head, but she's like, "I don't have time for this. Get out of my way." So <sighs> she opens the uh, the viewport just in time to see the bunker blow up, and she's like, "Oh, doctor!" And it's like the most fake crying I've ever seen. <laughs> and then that's where it ends. <laughs> so the twin dilemma has so many really beautiful reaction shots <laughs> and we'll talk about my favorite one in a little bit but th this is definitely one of them like we had in part one we had the doctors like are you pulling a gun at me and then <laughs> this one has like insert it, it was like something out of spoils of babylon yeah i i i want to talk because like the doctor meant talks about how this teleportation thing is it, it works or how he thinks it's going to work and it's the most terror. I mean, it's a teleportation nightmare. Like it just sounds because he literally describes it as so this thing is going to destroy you and then it's going to reconstruct you somewhere else in time and space. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's my nightmare scenario with the teleportation uh, stuff. And because <laughs> like just the idea of every time you teleport, you are actually dying. Um, is uh, horrifying to me. And uh, that's kind of the way he describes it, and it's awful. And uh, and then when she teleports, he's like, oh, it worked. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, just, he didn't even know if it was going to work. Oh, man, that's rough. Um, and then uh, I also got to talk about uh, the twins, the brain twins, their, uh, their golden bed closet. Um, oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> something. I uh, I wish I had a bed closet when I was a. Uh, you know, I I had I actually had an apartment um, when I first moved out, and we it had a laundry room, but we didn't have uh, like a washer and dryer, so it was just this empty room, and we filled it filled the floor up with futon mattresses that we had, and and so that was like our guest room. Nice. <laughs> and so it was basically it was basically this this golden uh this golden bed closet. Because there's no beds. It's just it's just you walk into mattresses and pillows. Uh, I thought you were gonna say you all just like slept on that floor together. 
<laughs> no, no, that was our guest room. Uh, <laughs> All right, time to go to sleep. Yeah. My box trolls. <laughs> Cuddle me for warmth. We can't afford the heat. We're 18. <laughs> Come stop your crying, it'll be alright. <laughs> so tell us about part three, Nick. So the doctor's dead and Perry <laughs> sad about it. Uh so we kind of get like the last few um you know, the seconds, and then you find out that uh the doctor was actually survived because he used Perry's watch to synchronize the burr, and the watch was burr. And and uh, and the parry was like, "Oh my god, I thought you were dead." And the doctor's like, "Huh, I thought you'd be happy." And she's like, "God, oh, god, damn it!" Uh, oh no, I just want to. And so, but meanwhile, back on Jaconda, um, Dom DeLuise as a as job of the hut is. Uh, <laughs> so there's this great scene where this other bird guy is was caught stealing vegetables and so the the gorilla the gorilla bird the, like the tango warriors from the power rangers movie are like hey <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, mess, <laughs> mester this, this guy stole some some vegetables and so um he's like oh stealing vegetables eh and he's like, please. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to do something way worse. And I'm going to use emulation. And uh, the other, j- j- the Jacondian, the Birdman is like, no, not emulation. And he goes, yeah, emulation on your ass. And then <laughs> this poor actor like shakes while on his knees and like, Whoa! and then the, like a green light is like, Imposed over the actor and going like, Woo, and then he falls. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty and sure he said embolism. Embolism. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Embolism. Embol. Yeah. yeah. He death by embolism. Yes. Um. So this scene is very important to me because if you look <laughs> and see uh the the uh, the guards that bring in the the thief. They all look like, you know, like pretty much like, you know, the same. But there's one, I guess they must have made his costume last, but it is like noticeably crappier than the others. <laughs> <laughs> like the feathers are like yellow and red instead of all the other ones are black and like blue. And it's like super patchy and his mask is covering the least amount of his face. <laughs> and I just feel really bad for that guy because I'm sure he was like the last one cast. Or like, he was just like, oh, God, this this is all the this is all the material we have left. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it should be. Others are expensive. Yeah, we just we got we got to get the shot today. We uh, we can't buy another pillow. We. <laughs> I kept watching this episode, guessing who among this cast had BFAs in drama. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I was in, I was Judy Dench's scene partner when we did Agamemnon. <laughs> All right, put the beetle head on me. <laughs> I love that um, that Mesto or whatever. He sounds like a Morton Joe. Yeah, <laughs> like he does. So I'm just like, oh man. Uh, my uh, one of the things my roommate said was like, I wonder if like if Trump is elected while he's swearing in the office, he'll just become that like <laughs> <laughs> like Men in Black style, just like there am I too far. <laughs> uh, so, 
so the TARDIS comes into Jaconda and uh, but it's instead of like you know the doctor's like oh finally we're on Titany, it's like this horrible like desolate wasteland. No, they're on yeah they're on Jaconda now. They were on Titan three. Oh, they were on Titan three, but now they're in Jaconda and yeah. uh, so the doctor's like I don't want to be here. And then uh, let's see the, and then so I guess we didn't them. mention we didn't mention the fact that um, the guy the old guy uh, Edgeworth. Um, his Time Lord name was Asmiel. Asmiel, right? Uh, 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 yeah, As- Asmiel, and As- he, wow. and he was uh, last. Last the Doctor knew, he was the master of Jaconda, and so when he ran away, the Doctor's like, "Oh, of course, he went back to Jaconda because he's master of that planet." Yeah. Um, so, okay. so now they're on Jaconda, so that's totally. why they're there. And then there's all these like gastropods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And so they're like exploring and then they see like these weird murals that are like depicting like these ancient slugs that I guess like were are what are what Maser is, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um and then uh they and then Lang gets like stuck on some slime. Like you do. Right. Uh and then uh Azamel takes the uh <laughs> just David the creepy little boys to uh <laughs> he's like hey look at these eggs look at them do math on these eggs and uh Mezer arrives in all of his physical glory and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> sorry mister's mister's so great he's everything i love about doctor who <laughs> he's just weird and colorful and s- stupid <laughs> um, so he starts like messing with uh, with Azamel's brain, and uh, he's like, "Stop! I don't I don't like it anymore." He's like, "Fine, dick, but you better get those things to math, or I'm gonna embolize everything you love." And um, so the twins are like, "What is that? And why are you talking to it?" And he's like, "You don't understand, like Mester, you served me as the leader of Jaconda." And uh, so he pulls out, and they just, okay, this is this is this is this is great. So he shows you <laughs> a chart of okay, like this is the sun, and it's like a sun. This is Jaconda, and it's like the first planet to the sun. These are two other planets, you know, like past Jaconda. So our plan, God is my witness. Their plan is to draw the planets into Jaconda's gravitational pull and essentially turn those two planets into Jaconda's moons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering what those other two planets are, Asimo literally says they are of no importance. He, he doesn't say if they have a population or if there's like people there, but he just says it's not important. So um, the doctor leaves uh, Perry and uh, like 70s Robin Williams behind and uh, (laughs) he's in this weird like outfit when he takes his jacket off. He's he's just like a mime. He has like suspenders. Um, Wait, I think you're in part four. I don't think you're in part three anymore. Oh, is he not taking his jacket off? No. Okay. uh, So he still has his jacket on. And so so they go into Azamel's lab. And they like though the doctor like has another like 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 abusive boyfriend moment and like starts attacking Azamel. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then a bird gorilla and the twins like managed to, like, to pry them off each other. And the doctor's like, oh, what? I remember Gallifrey? What? Is that something? And Edmund's <laughs> like, oh, you're so vulnerable. And meanwhile, uh, Perry Platypus is captured by some more gorilla birds and brought to uh, Slugworth. And Lang escapes <laughs> the lab and is like, we're screwed. He's going to kill Perry. And uh, the doctor, for once in his miserable three-part life, uh like is worried that Perry might, might die. And it's the most awkward exclamation because they do it in close up. So that he kind of looks just like barely off camera and just shouts Perry, but <laughs> Perry isn't in the room. So in, if you look at the wide shot, it's two owl demons holding back, <laughs> holding back the doctor and Asmael is like standing in front of him with like another another owl demon, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, no, uh, they took Perry to uh, to uh, Mestor, and and she's gonna she's gonna talk to him, and he's not gonna like that because you know he doesn't like things, so she's probably gonna die." And then just imagine out of the close up, just remaining in that shot, the doctor just looks to the side and then shouts, "Perry!" <laughs> So, like, this is it's, so much more entertaining than Castro Valvo was. Yeah. I'm, I'm having so – and, you know, and, and we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it. But I, I have kind of like a fun emotional revelation with this whole episode. But I, I, I remembered it, but I'm not going to talk about it yet. All right. Um, so part four begins with Perry showing up in front of, of Mestor and Mestor and, – and, like, his, his Jafar – uh, his his owl demon Jafar <laughs> yeah. um, is like, aren't you going to kill her? And and he was like, no, I find her pleasing. She will dance for me. Um, it was Perry, to be fair. Yeah, I will. I will have her dance for me. It'll be wonderful. And then uh, and and then owl demon Jafar is like, what? You you can't. You killed that other guy for for stealing vegetables. She she could be doing anything. She's like a spy and blah blah blah. And and so he was just like, he's just he's just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's it's fine. I, I like this Perry woman. Let's keep her around. Um, and then uh, uh, Mestor goes to. He's like, I'm gonna go check out the lab. You stay here, Perry person that I find pleasing. And then he goes down to the lab. And he's like, uh, he's like, so, uh, <laughs> Asmael, uh, how are things going? And he's like, oh, good, good. Many maths, much good. Excellent. Um, and he's like, good, good, good. Because, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to make sure that the twins understand that this is for the greater good, you know, just come up with whatever lies you want. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it to take care of. Good, 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 good. And so then he leaves. And, uh. And, and you know, and, and obviously some threats were in there too, um, because the guy just can't can't stop from threatening people. So so he leaves, and then the doctor goes uh, to, to with Mestor, um, and is brought in front of him. And and the doctor is basically like, you know, I mean, I know you got those twins or whatever, but if you really want to have two new moons in your gravitational pull, I'm the guy that you go to. Like, if anyone knows maths, it's this guy. Right here. I'm like the math king. Um, and uh, uh, Al-, Al Demon Jafar is like, you can't trust him. 
and he barely gets out him and he's already being em- em- embolismed. Um, <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he's just like, don't tell me what to do. Uh, <laughs> and so he dies. And then a- Asmael, meanwhile, goes to the twins and removes their amnesia wrist circles. Uh, and so the twins get their memories back and now they're like ready to help him because they're not so confused anymore and they kind of know what's going on. So they're ready to and go. Always one. Yeah. Lang's in his uh, in his suspenders outfit now. He's taken off his gi, uh, his, <laughs> his foil gi, um, and, and he's in his suspenders. Uh, and for those, for those across the pond, those are braces. Uh, he's wearing his braces. Uh, casual Lang is best Lang. Um, and he's wearing a really tight shirt to show off his his uh, his absolutely no muscle uh, muscle build whatsoever. He's, he's, he's kind of built like a wire walker, to be honest. <laughs> he is totally. Um, so then, uh, so then the doctor comes in the lab and 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 he's like, "All right, so explain to me how this whole thing is going to work." Um, <laughs> Because how are you going to get two other planets to join this planet? Like what? What that you can't do that? And he's like, oh well, actually, what we're going to do is they're going to occupy the same space, but each one is going to be a day apart. So we're going to be we're going to be uh, using time and space to do it. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Um. So 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 there's like okay, great. So that's how we're going to do it. Um. And we're gonna we're gonna dis time displace them by one day each, so that they can join Jaconda in, in in orbit, and and nothing bad will happen. Um, except that uh, the doctor's like, well, only I don't think that math checks out, and I'm pretty sure all three things are gonna be sucked into the sun, and the sun's gonna blow up. And Asmiel just hits his forehead. And he's just like, oh my god, you're right. Um, because this is a thing that he's apparently never thought of until the doctor just says it with no backup information whatsoever. Just based um, off of being alive and knowing how stuff works. <laughs> right. Um, so then, uh, he's like, well, we need to figure out like, why would they want this? Why would they want these things to get, why would they want Jaconda and these other two planets to be sucked into the sun and, and, and explode the sun? What could they possibly get out of that? And then uh, the doctor's like, well, what's in here? And he's like, oh, that's uh, that's the uh, egg nursery. And he's like, okay, let me check it out. So he goes in the egg nursery and he's, he's looking around and he's like, is this all of the eggs that you guys have? And he's like, no, no, no. And he opens up like a porthole window and there's like a whole warehouse of eggs. To which I say, yeah, yeah. To which I say, why is there a, a, a smaller egg room? That's connected to a warehouse egg room. Like, why? <laughs> why don't you just have the warehouse egg room? Well, you don't want to go. What's the purpose all... of the smaller mini egg room? Well, yeah. Well, you have a wine cellar, but then you have a basement where you keep barrels. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you don't have to go all the way down to the basement every time you just want. <laughs> so the doctor is like, "All right, I'm going to check out one of these pill eggs because they're they're just giant white pill eggs." And he's like, I'm going to – we got to figure this out because there, there's something going on with these eggs. So he, he he takes one of the eggs and he's like, these eggs are supposed to be covered in slime and nutrients because how is the thing eating otherwise? Um, and so he's like, let's let's check out what's in these eggs. So he takes a laser 
and he and he fires the laser across the egg. It does nothing. And at first, while I'm watching it, I was just thinking, wow, the special effects are really bad. They didn't even bother like trying to make it look like the egg was breaking. And he's like, it didn't do anything. And I was like, oh, oh okay, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, <Yay>, BBC. <laughs> yeah. So, so it doesn't do anything. And he's like, he's like, that was. I mean, the heat concentration was so high. There's no way that it couldn't break through the egg. And he's like, unless, unless these eggs are designed to withstand the heat of a sun explosion, which means their plan, the the Mestor's plan, is to bring the, these three planets together, suck them into the sun. The sun will explode. And because the eggs can survive a sun explosion, the eggs will be scattered across the universe, which will allow them to hatch all over the universe. And then the 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 caterpillar owl monsters will conquer the universe. <laughs> that's, that's their plan. That's kind of what that's kind of what like Jor-El's plan was. I mean, it's ba- no, it's not. That's basically <laughs> the plan is basically. <laughs> Uh, uh, they could have called. What if the I mean, gorilla like a, bird could be something greater, Scott? It's not, but it's it's not the gorilla birds. What are the gastropods? The, no, no, no. The gastropods are Mestor, the slug. Beast. Oh, okay. Mestor species. Yeah, the the slug things that were on the rock walls. So the Jacondans pray to the gastropods. They treat them as like their their lords. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so it's so. The idea is basically that because for some reason these these slug guys can just conquer any planet they're on regardless um, with little to no effort whatsoever uh, because <laughs> this thing shows up. Nestor shows up and it's just like, hey, uh, I know you're like king of Jaconda or whatever, Aziel, but um, I'm taking over. And Asmiel's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, All right. He can embobulate people, Scott. <laughs> Right. So he takes over. So the so the thought is that since the gastropods can conquer any planet very easily, by spreading them across the universe, they will conquer the universe. So that's the plan. It's the it's a it's a it's like a dandelion uh sure. dandelion plan. Project basically. Dandelion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Project Dandelion. That's what this episode should have been <laughs> called, because let's be honest, there is no dilemma involving these twins. Um, they, I mean, they're in a hell of a dilemma, but it has nothing to do with the doctor. Right. So. This old uh, man is making them do math forever. Right. So, but they like math. Um, they would it. rather uh, they love do their, math they, than play uh, TP chess. So. They love maths as much as they hate their mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about how much they hate their mom. She's a foolish um, woman. Yeah. They hate her. They hate their mom. They just think she's the worst. Um, they're definitely team dad for sure. <laughs> With um, daddy's boys. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, um, they, uh, they come out of the egg room and then they find, uh, the owl demon that made friends with Asmiel. Like a- Asmiel is just like, Hey, be my friend. And he's like, yeah, cool. You seem like an all right guy. Um, so they're friends <laughs> and then they come out and then they, like the, the friendly owl demon is dead. Because Mestor, who can psychically link with people, was psychically linked with him this entire time and using him to spy on them in the lab. And so now he knows that they know what's going on. And 
Lang, Perry, and the twins all head for the TARDIS to get out of here, but they're attacked by owl demons. Um, Mestor meets with Asmael and the doctor, and the doctor throws acid at at, at Mestor, but Mestor Mestor has like a force field up, and so uh, it's like some sort of psychic force field. And he's just like – the doctor's like, well, whatever. What am I supposed to be afraid of? You? Come on. And he's like, well, I'm going to possess you. And he's like, you can't comp- possess a Time Lord. And he's like, want to bet? And he possesses Asmiel. And then Asmiel breaks through the possession. He's like, you have to destroy Mester's body so he has nowhere to go. So he's like, all right. So then he just pulls out his backup acid and throws that <laughs> at the body and it melts. So Mestor's body uh, is destroyed. Melted by acid. And then Asmiel is just like – well, Mestor is like through Asmiel. is like, now what are you going to do? Now, I'm, now I don't have another body to go into. So now I'm just going to be in you forever. And Asmiel is like, yes, but I'm going to do the one thing that you can't stop me from doing. I'm going to regenerate. And so he regenerates to die, which isn't what I understand – how regeneration works. <laughs> so I'm pretty right. sure there was no regeneration involved. I think Master Mester just died. Um, I think he just forced himself to die. Which well, yeah, is cause like they because the doctor uh, says something about no, but you're you're out of your allotted regenerations. And Asimov's like, that doesn't mean that's a stupid rule that we made up. Well, no, he says I know. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> he's like, I know, and I'm not gonna regenerate. But you just said you did, yeah. yeah. Instead, I'm just gonna die. But look, look, there's this. Look, yeah. there's this thing you can do. Look, there's this thing. It's really, do. it's really, it's weird though. Like, why call it regeneration if that's not what you're doing? Maybe that's just what they call dying. You're like regenerating into death. Yeah. <laughs> the last regeneration. <laughs> that's the most emo thing. The old last regeneration in the sky. <laughs> so weird. Um, so he dies. And uh, exercises, uh, exercises Mester from his body, like in a squiggly line that I, I imagine they wish that they had Supernatural's budget because you know that's what they wanted it to look like. Um, oh, but instead, yeah. it's just a squiggly line that comes out of his mouth. Um, Godspeed, Mester. Yeah. He's so Mester, Mester, uh, <laughs> Mester, Mester joins the big uh, gastropod in the sky, and uh, oh, I wish you were here. Yeah, and then and then Asmiel <laughs> dies, um, and Lang uh, decides that he's going to stay on Jaconda because mm-hmm. he thinks he can help out. So yeah. Asmiel gave uh, the Doctor his uh, his King of Jaconda ring, and the Doctor gives the ring to Lang because he's like, "Well, if you're staying here, you should have this." So now Lang is uh, master of master of Jaconda. Yeah. And, Lang uh, of Jakarta. Yeah, and then the twins and the Doctor and Perry all get in the TARDIS, and he doesn't say goodbye to Lang. And Perry's like upset because he's like, you know, we just had that adventure, Doctor. You could at least say goodbye. And he's just like, you know, the thing you have to understand about me is I'm an alien, and I have different customs than you, and you're just gonna have to get used to it because I'm the Doctor now, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and that's uh, and then that's the uh, that's the end of the episode. So, um, that's the twin dilemma. Yeah. So, 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 what, what, what emotional revelation did you come to, Nick? Well, 
I don't know. I mean, th- this episode was so much fun, and I had no idea what was going to happen. And it kind of reminded me of – it kind of brought me back to the old days of, you know, watching the new show on the Sci-Fi Channel and never knowing what the new episode was going to be about at all because I didn't, you know, read about it online. I wasn't looking at behind-the-scenes photos. I wasn't checking – like, I wasn't reading UK sites. I would just sit down and turn on the TV and say, like, okay, what have you got for me this time? And – that's kind of how I first fell in love with the show because like I would, you know, watch this, this adventure show having no idea what was going to happen. And I kind of got the same excitement watching this, you know, when you first see Mezor, you're like, Oh my God, are we doing this? And, you know, Oh, by the end of part four, I actually warmed to Colin Baker's doctor immensely. I think that, when the facade is broken and you see how vulnerable the sixth doctor really can be, I think Colin Baker sells that in such a way that it kind of, you know, by the end when he's still like a jerk, I was kind of getting like a Jeff Winger like jerk, you know, like, uh-huh. I was like, kind of like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on record saying right now, I'm actually like a big fan of what Colin Baker's doing already with this mm-hmm. role. I think you're just going to become a bigger fan as it goes along because he just gets better and better. I'm excited. Um, especially once we get through his TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, his audio adventures are so good. Um, so good. Uh, so I'm really pumped for you to see that. And he has, he has phenomenal companions in nice. the audio adventures. It's awesome. I think he'd have mm-hmm. to be, you know? Yeah. Like you can't just give him like a Rose Tyler, you know, or like, right. like it's a Sarah Jane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. His, uh, his first companion in the audio adventures is named Evelyn and she's like, she's like a 60 year old woman. Nice. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. How long does, uh, Paramatalum or Paramumblebum, uh, Perry stay? Uh, halfway through, halfway through season 23, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you got her for a while. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, lots of American accents and lots and lots of cleavage. Um, yes, seems to be seems to be a thing that you know for John Nathan Turner, I, who I'm, I'm like, I'm about to say this, and I and I and I and I and I feel like, am I right about this? But I'm pretty sure I'm right that John for for the fact that John Nathan Turner was gay, I mm-hmm. I, I really wanted her in. He really wanted her in some cleavage showing sh- stuff. I guess he was just like, I guess this yeah. is what straight guys like. I don't know. <laughs> but it was straight guys like it's, boobs. It's it's really <laughs> weird because those that the uh, Perry's cleavage is out a lot um, on this show. It's mm-hmm. really disconcerting for uh, Doctor Who, which which is, you know, primarily a, a not not particularly sexualized show. You know, it's really sure. it's weird. It's sexy for people who don't really like usually watch stuff for it being sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, his face is so weird. Right. <laughs> so a <laughs> little, little strange. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the twin dilemma. What, what are your, what are your thoughts uh, rewatching cast? Did you, did you find any more of an appreciation for this story at all? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, I don't like this story. Um, I'm not a big fan of the whole uh, space bug thing that like <laughs> 80s Doctor Who, especially in Colin Baker, does. Because um, it seems like everyone. Well, I mean, Vengeance on Veros is a completely different story. Yes. That is. The most miserable thing I've ever watched. Um, but everyone's like, oh, it's one of the best ones. And I'm like, oh, no, it's terrible. But, so Okay, so in the world of Star Trek and like the Twilight Zone, which are kind of, I think, the easiest or the kind of closest comparisons to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, like when people say, oh, it's, you know, this is the best Star Trek episode. This is the best Twilight Zone episode. It's normally the ones that have like that are saying the most, you know, mm-hmm. and aren't just like about thrills and chills. But one of the interesting things about Doctor Who is the episodes that, I, you know, like it's a very light show. It seems to me much more about like pulpy adventure than like asking deeper questions about society for the most part, for the most part. So like what, what's a, what is a great episode of Doctor Who or a classic episode of Doctor Who to you guys? Hmm. I don't know how to, really put into words how that works but i mean i mean to me like of the ones that we've watched in this uh this reset i mean you know the pilot aside because that's that's its own thing mm. um but i would say that uh spearhead from space is probably the like best episode that we've watched so far mm-hmm. um as far as you know one that I would call like this is a good this is a great episode of Doctor Who, you know, um, would be Spirit from Space. What I don't know how I don't really know how to put into words why that one's better than this one. Um, but I just I it just feels better to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how to how to describe it. I mean, the stark difference between this and Caves of Androzani, which is like the best, um, is it's a, it's a steep fall in quality sure. for sure. Yeah, it's a steep fall. Um, uh, I don't know because they definitely like. I mean, Doctor Who doesn't need a big budget to be a good story, but it certainly doesn't hurt it. Um, right. And, like, Caves of Androzani, you can tell, like, the production. Like, you haven't seen it, Nick, but, like, the production value and, like, everything, like, even down to, like, the extras and stuff, like, you could tell that people were, like, giving more than just, like, phoning it in. Um, But for Twin Dilemma, it's just like, oh, these guys showed up and got paid and did their lines and that's pretty (laughs) much it. Like, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say that this is the worst episode of Doctor Who ever because um, Armageddon Factor is a thing that exists and also Underworld. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) this is definitely in like the bottom 10 for me still. Hmm. Um, I really like Colin Baker, but I... I'm not a fan of how violent he gets in this. Like, I know they're, like, kind of getting edgy in the whole post-regenerative thing. Um, And I know that Caves of Androzani, like, tore the Doctor apart in more ways than one. So it's going to be rough. But I think they, like, 
I, I just don't, I don't like what they, what, especially Sayward. Like, I don't like the way that he interprets the show. Um, because it gets like, like hyper violent for Doctor Who, um, in this era. So I'm not super into that. And I don't like melty space bugs. Too gross. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'll, I, as much as you like this one, Nick, I'll be really curious to see what you think of Time in the Run. Oh my god! Which I would need to. I you, no. you haven't even met the Ronnie yeah. yet, ever as a character. No, I've heard you guys talk about her a lot. Yeah, so you're gonna meet her uh, in the next episode, and it's uh, it's an adventure. She's cooler in concept uh, than execution, and we'll talk about it yeah. next week. But yeah, um, also. Uh, uh, learn to love rock quarries. Oh yeah, because that's all. That's all next week is. It takes place entirely in a rock quarry. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see some things never change. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess that uh, that wraps up. Um, that wraps up the twin dilemma. Uh, not as bad as I remember it being for me. Um, but uh, yeah, next week though, you uh, time of the Ronnie. <laughs>